Welcome to Newest Latest Best, the quick daily show to keep you in the know with all of the newest information, latest releases, and the very best that games have to offer. I'm Jeff Kanata, and today is Sunday, December 17th, 2017. It's Sunday, so we're talking best video games of all time. It's become a Sunday tradition here on Newest Latest Best. A couple months ago, I had a listener challenge me to record my top five games of all time. And I found the process to be interesting and challenging and and pretty fun and not easy. And so uh, I've had you guys send in your top fives to do the process along with me. And I think the the discussion has been really, really fun. It's been a Sunday tradition ever since. So every Sunday here on Newest, Latest, Best, we're talking about your top five games of all time. You can put them in any order you like. I love hearing about what games made your list and why. Because games of all time define us. And uh, the reasons that we put these games on a list as hallowed as that uh, are different from person to person. I think that tells as much about us as gamers as the games themselves. So let's kick things off today with Chris, who has an interesting list that he put together because of its emotional impact. I'd like to submit my top five games of all time. Um, and looking over my list, I realized that the games that I picked, I picked because they had the greatest emotional impact on me. Um, number one, or well, in no particular order, is Majora's Mask, um, mostly because I grew up with Ocarina of Time and seeing all those themes and characters and everything just kind of perverted and twisted was really interesting. Um, Doom 2016 is the one game that I feel absolutely nails the power fantasy. Um, there, there's no other game where I feel as powerful and cool and, and just unstoppable. Um, uh, another game that uh, really hit me emotionally, um, at first I thought it was Bastion, uh, but then I realized the second game out of Supergiant Games, Transistor. Ooh, that ending. Uh, that ending really got me. Um, anyway, uh, I'll do a part two. Um, the next video game is uh, definitely Spec Ops The Line. Um, obviously the, the game is built to toy with your emotions and, um, well, without spoiling too much for your fans, uh, it does an incredibly good job at uh, making you feel a very specific way um, after kind of reflecting on your own actions. Um, and the last one I think that you'll also agree with me is uh, Heroes of the Storm. Um, I grew up with Blizzard games all the way from <laughs> the Lost Vikings actually on the Super Nintendo um, and played pretty much everything all the way up to Overwatch and now Heroes of the Storm. Um, they are just masters of hype. Uh, right from the original trailer that I showed at BlizzCon 2014, watching uh, Kerrigan fight Tyrael and uh, Raynor and Nova versus Diablo. Uh, everything about that, the, the trailers, the, the highs, the lows, just incredible game. Thanks for the awesome list, Chris. Let's dig right in. So Zelda Majora's Mask. We've gotten a lot of Zeldas on these lists as we've done them every Sunday. And I think... If I'm not mistaken, this is the first time that Majora's Mask has made anybody's list. Um, Zelda's, of course, always good. I think Majora's Mask may be not recognized in the same way as Ocarina of Time, for example, uh, and others. People putting Breath of the Wild on their list lately. 
people putting the original links, you know, Link to the Past and, and some of the earlier links. But Majora's Mask feels, I think, because it kind of came out on the heels of Ocarina of Time, I think it feels like a, a middle child, you know, uh, loved, loved nonetheless, but maybe not recognized like the firstborn or the baby. That's a terrible analogy. Anyway, uh, I love the fact that you put Majora's Mask on your list. Uh, it's a game I played a lot. I don't love it as much as Ocarina of Time personally. It's, but it's a weird game, right? It's a, it's a, a strange tonally. It's got strange mechanics. It takes Link into weird places. Uh, but I think maybe people might love it more for that. It's, it's a bold, weird, interesting game that I don't think gets as much love as the rest of the series, but cool that you put it on your list. Doom 2016. Uh, that is an interesting choice as well. A very recent game, obviously. But yeah, it does uh, get the blood pumping. It is a game that thrusts you into the fight and uses its mechanics to reinforce that intention to reinforce the need to be front and center leaping into the fray uh attacking like a mad person uh, and i think that's beautiful it's beautiful design uh, a, a game that the design reinforces the theme which also reinforces the the fun really um it is it is fun because you are constantly feeling op um, and they did an amazing job revitalizing that franchise. I'm having a great time playing Doom in VR now with Doom VFR and reminded just how much I love that reimagining. VFR, of course, very different experience than the re-release. And I don't think it hits the highs, but because it's in VR, I'm having a blast playing it. Um, Transistor is your number three game. And I definitely, definitely, definitely love Bastion much more than Transistor. Um, it is, it is, I think, still the high watermark for what Supergiant has achieved. Even though I really do admire Transistor and Pyre, their two subsequent games, uh, Transistor did not grab me. And I really, really enjoyed the aesthetic of Transistor. And I thought that play style, that very interesting, unique play style of sort of programming your moves and um, this combination of turn-based and real-time combat. It's, it's a brilliant design, but somehow it didn't grab me, and I never finished it. But hearing you, Chris, talk about how it is got this amazing ending makes me feel like I missed out because uh, I didn't, it did not grab me. The story didn't grab me the way Bastion's sort of lyrical, wistful, dreamlike story did. And just the pure mechanics of Bastion, I think, are so superior. I think Bastion's got some of the most elegant, pure gameplay of any game ever. I mean, it is, it is on that list. So uh, I feel like I missed out the, missed the boat on Transistor, but it's cool that it's on your list. Spec Ops The Line is a fascinating addition to your list as well. This is a game that very few people talk about. And we back in the weekend confirmed days when I was doing that podcast, we had the designers on and they spoke about the game very lovingly as as a a work of art that they intended to really hit people emotionally. And because you've said your list comes from this emotional place. I'm, I'm not surprised that this game landed on you. I don't think a lot of people played it. And I don't think when you play it, 
you immediately understand that the game is special. It is sort of couched in very bland, traditional third-person action tropes, and, and they kind of use those tropes narratively to say something really interesting about video games and about violence in general and about uh, action storytelling. But I think because they're saying something so interesting and, and that is buried a little deeper in the game, and in order to say that, they sort of needed to create a very rudimentary third-person action game. Like they had to create something that is very not unique in order to say something unique because they're subverting the genre and, and commenting on those things that are so not unique. I think that's a, a powerful thing, and uh, I don't think that game really got recognized. It, it, it's just not that fun to play, but that was kind of the point. Like What they're saying about violence and war and the idea of video games in, in, in general is pretty powerful stuff. Um, so I haven't heard anybody talk about this game in quite a long time, but it's a game that I, was, I admired after I talked to the designers. Playing it didn't feel good, and I thought that was kind of a failure at the time, but then I realized that's exactly what they were going for. So Spec Ops, uh, Spec Ops The Line, very interesting pick, very, very interesting pick. And then, of course, you hit me right in my feels by going with Heroes of the Storm, of course, my favorite game. Spent all yesterday's episode of Newest, Latest, Best talking about it and its new patch, so you probably don't want to hear me talk about it again. Suffice it to say, I agree with you that Heroes of the Storm is awesome and powerful and magical. And for me, better than other MOBAs in the same way you're talking about. I think it's better mechanically than other MOBAs, personally, for me, more fun, but also on that level of special narrative experience, special emotional experience, because it is a bunch of characters that I've loved throughout different games for decades, literally, and them all mashing up into this weird, fun, Super Smash Brothers-style all-star lineup thing is fun. It's it's cool. And when a new character is announced for League of Legends or Dota, I'm sure people who are super fans of those games get really excited, but I don't think it's the same kind of experience that a super fan like me and you, Chris, get excited when Heroes of the Storm gets a new character because it has all of this pre-established expectation. Like the fact that Overwatch characters behave the way Overwatch characters behave inside a top-down MOBA is pretty amazing. Or, you know, a character like Diablo works the way it does. It's awesome. So great pick. Next up, a very cool list from Joe. Hey, Jeff, this is Joe from Herndon, Virginia. Thought I'd chime in with my top five. Uh, so here we go. Number five, uh, MLB The Show. This is just sort of standing in for the fact that I'm a baseball junkie. Um, I really enjoy the flick-the-stick mechanic in sports games. Uh, it's one of the reasons I kind of fell off everybody's golf. It just feels more authentic than the three-button click. Four, KOTOR 2, a glorious mess. Uh, so many great characters, and the ending just feels like a complete fever dream. Number three, Okami, the better version of Twilight Princess. Number two, Oblivion. This is my gateway drug into... Uh, Bethesda RPGs and had one of the great DLCs of all time, The Shivering Isles. 
and number one, Resident Evil 4. Not much more to say on that, except the Wii version is the best version, and Evil Within 2 feels like the RE4 sequel I've been waiting for years for. Thanks, Jeff. Awesome list, Joe. Thanks for sending it in. MLB The Show. Um, definitely not a sports gamer, but I recognize the fact that a lot of people have praised MLB The Show as an excellent version of baseball, so kudos to that. Knights of the Old Republic 2, though. I'm very surprised. This is the first time I've heard a KOTOR on anybody's list that they've sent in. Um, just a masterful version of uh, taking an IP and doing something unique and special with it. Great mechanics, a deep, engrossing storyline, going to a place that's more interesting than almost anybody else has done with that IP. And what better time to talk about KOTOR than on Star Wars Weekend, right? we got a new Star Wars movie in theaters. I know it's polarizing to a lot of people. I loved it. But uh, I think that what Ryan Johnson has done with Star Wars is is about as bold as what Bioware did with Star Wars. Uh, it, you know, it, it kept its hands, uh, Bioware that is, kept its hands off the the jewels <laughs> of the, the, the royal... Uh, the royal crown jewels of of the main characters, but still, I think was bold and interesting and pushed the IP into new interesting places. So Kotor, Kotor two. I don't know if I put two above one. I'd have to go back and replay both of them. I can't remember. I, hard for me to differentiate them at this point. But a very cool pick, Okami. Wow, Okami. Uh, he said a better version of Twilight Princess. Um, that's cool. I, I really dig that game. It's actually getting a re-release. I think it just this week or last week got a re-release uh, in HD again uh, for current-gen consoles. So if you haven't played Okami, give it a shot. It is definitely a Zelda-esque game, but much different uh, stylistically. Very cool design for o Okami. Oblivion is a great pick. Oblivion was the first game on Xbox 360 that I got a perfect gamer score on. I played that game so much. I did everything in Oblivion. And I do think if it weren't for some technical drawbacks, just you know, being an earlier release than Skyrim, it, for me, it's a better game than Skyrim. I think it, it suffers a little bit from just technologically comparison to uh, to Skyrim, but I think it's a better game than Skyrim. I think it's a more interesting world. I think the quests are cooler. I think Oblivion is the best uh, Elder Scrolls game for me as well. So cool there too. Resident Evil 4. I, I'm surprised you say the Wii is the best version. Does everybody think that? Am I just out of the loop on Resident Evil 4? I thought the GameCube version was the best version. Did the Wii version have big improvements? I, th I thought they just added Waggle. What am I missing on Resident Evil 4 on Wii? I never played it on Wii. I only played it on GameCube. So what did I miss? Uh, I know Resident Evil 4 is an amazing game, and you're right, not much more needs to be said, but uh, it you know, changed a lot of things about the way third-person action games play at all. But uh, I just am surprised that it's the Wii version that's the best version for you. Anyway, very cool list. If you want to send in your list, send it to um, uh, the – use the Anchor app. You send it in using a call-in. The call-in button on the Anchor app is very easy to use. Just click it, and you can record your voice, and we'll keep doing these. Also, we're doing top three games of this year, which I'll start digging into next week uh, more heavily as we move closer to January. Um, I would love to hear your top three games of the year, including or additionally a game you think nobody else is talking about. 